0: Welcome to our service. We are in an extended meditation on the cross. Behold the man upon a cross. We are here to remember Jesus Christ and his suffering and death, his crucifixion, and Sunday we will regather to remember his resurrection. If you're Joining us for the first time tonight, in person or online, I want to welcome you. My name is Mark Mullery, and it's my privilege to bring a short uh, message from Scripture. We are in John chapter 12 tonight. I'm going to read verses 27 to 33, and then we'll be in John chapter 20 on Sunday morning. John 12, beginning in verse 27. Jesus is speaking here. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice from heaven, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. Let's pray. Oh God, even in these few words, we see so much occurring. A troubled soul, a voice from heaven, a resolute Savior, a cross, awaiting him. Oh God, we ask, Spirit of God, we ask that tonight you would bring us into this scene, these events, bring us into the emotions of these things, the, the uncertainty of the disciples, the the anger and, and, and rejection of of the people, the, the anguish and resoluteness of our Savior. Bring us into the experience of these things. Let us see and feel and sense these momentous moments. And out of that, may our emotions and affections and lives be lifted up to the one who was lifted up. For his glory, we pray. Amen. Amen. In June of 1940, Winston Churchill, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, addressed the nation. Nazi Germany was rolling through Europe. Britain had miraculously evacuated their army from Dunkirk, but France had fallen, Norway had fallen, and it was a dark time. The speech that he gave on this particular evening became known as his finest hour speech, and it ends with these words. Churchill said, If we fail, then the whole world, including the United States, including all that we have known and cared for, will sink into the abyss of a new dark age. Let us, therefore, brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this, was their finest hour. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duties and so bear ourselves, that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour. Now, of course, this hour of which he is speaking isn't a 60 minute hour, is it? He's talking about a moment in history A moment when their nation, their civilization hung in the balance, this hour would shape the future for generations to come. And there are, of course, moments like this, aren't there? There are hours of consequence like this, and no hour will ever be more consequential than the one that we remember tonight, the hour for which Jesus has come. Hear his voice again. For this purpose, I have come to this hour. What hour? Well, we might summarize it as the hour from Palm Sunday to Easter Sunday, the hour from his triumphal entry to his resurrection with his suffering and death in between. This hour is even more momentous than the battle of Britain. This is the battle between the kingdom of God and the ruler of this world. This is the battle for the souls of men and women, the battle for God to take back what has been usurped from him by his adversary, the devil. For this purpose, Jesus says, I have come to this hour. I have one simple hope for this brief message and for this service. I hope to set your attention on Jesus Christ and his hour of being lifted up on the cross. Come and ponder this hour with me this evening. If we can reflect well on this hour with the Spirit's help, we will find ourselves once again drawn to the one who was lifted up so that we too might give glory to the Father. So let's look at the scene and then let's consider this hour. The scene is this. It's Sunday of Passover week. Jesus has come into the city of Jerusalem in what is called the triumphal entry. He was welcomed in by a huge crowd who were announcing him as king, and they were shouting over and over, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. And now he's there in the city, and there are crowds everywhere, and people flocking to him, seeking him out. He is speaking in this passage in public. He's speaking to a crowd. He's making the last public statements that he will make about himself in this section of chapter 12. And he is signaling that his hour has come. That it's deeply troubling to him, but that he is resolutely going to do what he and the Father have planned. The Father witnesses to his approval of what's happening by speaking in a thunderous, audible voice that few seem to understand at the time. And Jesus then tells the crowd that it's the time, it's the hour for three things to happen. The judgment of the world, the ruler of this world to be cast out, and Jesus to be lifted up in order to draw people to himself. This is the hour. Come and ponder it with me. Consider first with me how long Jesus had waited for this hour. He's been in public ministry for three years, but if you read through John's gospel, you find that you keep coming across statements like Jesus saying, my hour has not yet come, or John writing, his hour had not yet come. Before this public ministry, Jesus was alive for 30 years. He worked as a carpenter. He lived an ordinary life because his hour had not yet come. Saints like Simeon, had longed for the consolation of Israel because Jesus' hour had not yet come. Prophets like Isaiah, whose words we just recited together a few minutes ago, prophets like Isaiah had spoken of a coming Messiah in the future tense because Jesus' hour had not yet come. Perhaps even Adam and Eve, aware of the devastation their disobedience to God had brought into the world, Perhaps they found hope in God's promise of a deliverer, but that hope was a future hope because Jesus' hour had not yet come. And long, long before that, before even the foundation of the world, God chose us in Christ and our great triune God set in motion a plan of salvation that would climax in this hour. And God then waited patiently for the fullness of time when the word would become flesh, when the Son of God would become also the Son of Mary and set in motion the events that we see here when he can finally say, for this purpose I have come to this hour. The hour has come come. Glory to the God who never forgets. Glory to the God who always knows what time it is, who keeps his promises, and who at just the right time brings about the hour of rescue and salvation for all who will call upon the name of Jesus. Consider now with me Not just how long Jesus had waited for this hour, but consider what he achieved in this hour. Now, he says, in verse 31, is the judgment of this world. Now, he says, is the judgment of this world. What what does he mean by that? Well, John came to understand what he meant by that. In chapter 3 of his gospel, he writes, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world. And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. Who's the light? God the Son, Jesus, is the light of the world. He comes into the world. And instead of worshiping him and receiving him as their creator and king, they reject him and kill him. Why? Because he exposes the evil of their lives. They will not receive the light because it exposes the darkness of their lives and they would rather have the darkness than have him. How do you think Jesus would be received if he came into the world today? No differently. Because he comes as the light and he exposes the darkness and the evil of human hearts. And they responded then as they would now. They thought they were judging Jesus. Now is the judgment of this world. They thought they were judging Jesus, but instead, do you know what was really happening? The cross was judging them. The cross was the world at its worst, and God at his most glorious. The cross is judging Je- is, is people judging Jesus wrongly, but God judging Jesus in substitution for sinners like us so that we can be judged by God and found to be in right standing with him. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. The hour of judgment brings salvation and now he says will the ruler of this world be cast out. Jesus comes into the city announced as king. He tells the Roman governor, whose name is Pilate, that his, Jesus' kingdom, is not of this world. Now King Jesus is overthrowing the evil, wicked, usurping ruler of this world, God's adversary, the devil, by being lifted up on the cross. What looks like the hour of Satan's triumph becomes the hour when the Lord decisively defeats his enemy by dying for our sins and rising from the dead. This is not the end, but it's the beginning of the end. The devil's days are numbered, and his overthrow and expulsion is assured. Glory to God for the hour when he judges his son instead of us and delivers us from the ruler of this world so that we can become citizens eternally of the kingdom of God. And finally, consider with me this evening how Jesus loved us in this hour. Now, he says, is my soul troubled? This word troubled means literally storm-tossed. You ever been on a boat and gotten seasick? Troubled, agitated. It it means stirred up or agitated. You ever stepped into a clear creek and, and as your foot hits the bottom, it stirs up muddy sediment? That's what's happening inside Jesus. In his soul, he is troubled. Does your understanding of Jesus reach so far that he could be troubled and anguished and in turmoil? No wonder he is so sympathetic when you bring your troubles to him. His soul is troubled because he knows what's coming as predicted in Psalm 22. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me, they wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord, let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. These are the very things they said of Jesus as he hung on the cross. Rejected by the people he came to save, and worse, rejected by God. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus knows this hour will bring suffering like no human has ever experienced. When he is lifted up from the earth, crucified, nailed to a wooden cross, the shame, the isolation, and the alienation are beyond our imagining. No wonder his soul was troubled. Why would he do this? Why? John 3.16. Here's why. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. The father and the son love us so much that they would do this for love for you and me and all who are far off. Glory to the God of amazing and saving love. This is Jesus' hour. Can you see how he waited for just the right time to achieve rescue for his people, all because of the great love our great God has for us. Let this hour have its attractive power to draw you afresh to Christ. Ponder these things tonight. Ponder these things tomorrow. Find some time, set aside some time to ponder these things. See your sin overpowered by his love. Respond with worship and love, and let's get together to rejoice on Sunday morning together. Well, this evening, as we remember what our Savior has done, we want to remember in the fashion that he gave us as his people, we want to celebrate the Lord's Supper together. If you didn't receive the elements on your way in, there are some tables with those around. This is a family meal. If you're a follower of Christ, we encourage you and welcome you to take this with us. If you're not a follower of Jesus, thank you so much for joining us. We are glad that you're here, but we just ask that you, rather than participate in the bread and the cup, ponder who Jesus is and what he's calling for from you. I want to read from Luke chapter 22 and notice the fourth word as I read. And when the hour came. When the hour came, he reclined at table and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Before we take the bread and drink the cup, let's just take a moment and let's quietly reflect on what we've been singing about, what we've been doing reading about in these scriptures, what we've been hearing about from and about Jesus. Let's reflect for a few moments on him. I love that Jesus says, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you. He wants a people. He came for a people. He's given us, he's shed his blood for us and sent his spirit for us. And now, if you'll take the bread, he says, he took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you do this in remembrance of me take and eat likewise the cup after they had eaten saying this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood take and drink in the name of the Lord stand together